Reign of Christ Sunday. That's what the church calls this last Sunday after Pentecost. We begin next week um, uh, our Advent journey, and Advent is the first season of the liturgical year, so this is the last Sunday of the year. Reign of Christ Sunday is the gender-neutral way of, of, of expressing what used to be called Christ the King Sunday. Kind of makes you cringe a bit. But that's how the church has tried to sum up the year at its very end, to crystallize what it is that has been at the heart, heart of the year. Reign of Christ, Christ the King. Christ rules, it means. Christ rules. Now some, when they hear that, think it's a description, that Christ is in charge, that nothing happens, that Christ hasn't willed or at least allowed, which is an incredibly sad thought. When you consider, even for a moment, the, the, the poverty, the violence, the mass shootings and devastating hurricanes, the wealth of hatred and sorrow that plague our world, Christ rules. Others, when they hear that, think it a promise or a threat. That out of great patience and love, Christ has allowed for a time, the continuance of all the things that deny Christ, other religions, atheism, injustice, but Christ rules, there will come a time when time has run out, when all the patience is gone, when Christ will come in power to even the score, riding clouds and leading an army. Self-giving love will flex its muscles and become butt-kicking power. Christ rules. Some hear that as a, as a description which leads them to justify or deny the suffering in the world. Some hear it as a threat mirroring and deepening their own hostility to the world. And some, I include myself here, some hear it as neither, but rather as an invitation. An, an, an invitation to imagine what the world might be like if it were true. What might be different if Christ ruled, an, an invitation to imagine and make it true, if only in our living, in our allegiance, giving in a, given in a different direction. The gospel today that Ursula read for us is just such an imagining of what the world might look like, organized, guided by different values, of what it might look like if our allegiance were to something other than current arrangements. You know the story of the, of the separation into sheep and goats, of the address to each group when I was hungry, thirsty, a stranger, naked, sick, in prison. You did or did not care for me. You know the story. And how each group is surprised, neither being aware of ever encountering, serving, or neglecting this sacred figure. You know the answer then. Whenever you did or did not do it for one of the least of these, you did it or not to me. You know the story. But have you ever noticed who it is that's separated in the story? 
This is not a tale of, of individuals facing their final reckoning at the end of time. This is about the nations. The nations who are gathered, the nations who are separated, the nations who are held accountable for values that nations offer, often ignore, for the least, for the vulnerable, for how well they within them fare. This is a story imagining the world differently, imagining nations with their toes to the fire, their priorities laid out, their, their outcomes inspected, all to consider just how well the poor and vulnerable thrive. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a nation, our nation, formed by what we see in Christ, shaped and, and driven by the values that shaped and drove Jesus? Can you imagine if what mattered to our politicians were not so much winning and losing or getting and keeping power, but rather how to address the needs of people chronically poor or hungry or homeless and how to end the conditions that make them so? Can you imagine the difference if the money our nation spends on the military, $12 billion each week, if those funds were directed toward food and health care and alternative energies and sustainable communities? Can you imagine if the 80 billion we spend each year on incarceration, on warehousing inmates, if that instead were spent to address education and job training and community development in order to keep people out of prisons? Can you imagine if our national focus were not so much on cutting taxes or, or whose taxes to cut, but rather on discussing when enough is enough, of what, and what we might do to ensure that everyone has it? Can you imagine if we measured our economic well-being not by profits or by investment return rates, but by the health of our communities, how well they considered and included and worked for everyone. Or as we're about to enter the Christmas season, can you imagine if the $190 billion we spend each year on advertising in order to make ourselves want and consume more, if that money were directed towards reorienting our economy toward actual needs, toward enough, and away from excesses? Can you imagine that the hungry, the thirsty, the naked, the stranger, the sick, and imprisoned really were what mattered to us? Which is to say, can you imagine the world different, turned in a new direction? Can you imagine Christ rules? So this day asks us to, to imagine, to decide, if only for our own lives, if only for our own ways, if only for what we want and seek with our lives, what we give our efforts and time to, can we seek first the kingdom of God? Can we notice those often invisible and stand with those often ignored and live in whatever ways, large and small, for the well-being of those too often left out. 
can we decide that Christ will rule, at least in us, and what we give ourselves to, and what we do, and what we stand for, and what we press toward? One of the things I love in this story that Jesus told, the one that Ursula read for us, is how everyone is surprised. The goats are surprised a bit indignantly, but surprised. The sheep are surprised, scratching their heads, confused kind of surprise. But both are surprised. Neither was aware that they had seen the divine hungry or sick or naked or in prison. Neither of them. The goats, as I said, are a bit indignant. Surely, if they had known they were to look for God in a homeless person on a heating vent or, or a hungry child in an underfunded school, surely they would have. But no one ever told them. How are they to know? The sheep are just confused. They never saw the divine. All they saw were people who needed to be fed or clothed or welcomed or visited. All they saw were people whom they treated as people. They had no idea they should be looking for God. And they're celebrated for that. Think about it. As one commentator put it, this is not a story about seeing the divine in the least of these. This is a story about seeing people as people. And that is divine. Seeing people as people. Responding to people as people, not dismissing, ignoring, judging, blaming, explaining away any, but considering people as people and caring for people as people. Imagine that. Imagine our lives shaped by that. Imagine our nation. Oh, can our imagination stretch that far? Imagine our, our nation molded by that. So this story asks of us. So this last day of the church year asks of us. The year through which we've walked with the subversive memory of Jesus, during which we have, as Father Gregory Boyle puts it, marinated in God. So it asks us to imagine what we see in Jesus having its way all around us. To imagine it having its way within us. To imagine choosing its way with our lives. Can you imagine that? Our lives steeped in Jesus? Our lives molded by Christ? Our lives a toehold where Christ actually rules? Can you imagine that? Let's pray so.